Oh, man, it's a great day to be in church. Amen. 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 So glad you're here. I just want to say again, if, you, if you're a guest with us, we are so honored that you're in the house this morning. And uh, man, since we started Bay Chapel uh, eight years ago, uh, it's always been my heart. And I, I said, Josh, would you please sing whatever you want, but please sing It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Because I think if there's one message I, I've tried to share with our church, and if you're new, I want you to know this too, is that this is not a place for the perfect. This is a place where we encounter a perfect God who can change our situation and make us more like him and grow us. And uh, we're just, it's messy sometimes, but we're doing life together and becoming more like Jesus. Amen. 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 Is it all right if I just take a few minutes and share a devotional with you? It, it, it was a question, but I'm going to share a devotional with you. <laughs> I really do feel like God has uh, just put a word in my heart for you today to encourage you. And, uh, you know, what's, what's great about the Bible is this, guys, is that, is that you know, you go to the Bible so often uh, expecting God to speak to you. And oftentimes you'll, you'll go to a passage of Scripture knowing what it says. But isn't it amazing how God's Word has the power to speak to us through a whole new light every time we read it? I mean, you could, you could read that same passage, that same Scripture that, you know, encourages you. And then you, it can just hit you in a whole new way. You, you go expecting something and you encounter something so new and so fresh. And uh, God did that for me this week with this passage. And as I was thinking about that idea, it made me think about this week. Uh, Jen and I, we, we had a busy day last sun Sunday. And so we did a little Valentine's just hang out, really just a, a date afternoon on Monday. It was I don't know if it was Valentine's Day or President's Day. We were celebrating, but we were hanging out together. And and uh, we were over in Pinellas County, and we went to a restaurant out on Clearwater Beach called Frenchie's. And I don't know if you've been to Frenchie's, but if you haven't, you, you haven't lived quite yet. You know, you, you need to at least once in your life go to, go to Frenchie's, and they've got a, a soup that we love. It's called she-crab soup. Oh, man, and listen, she-crab soup is so thick you can eat it with a fork. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. You know, I, I, last week I, I referenced chilies three or four times in my message. And somebody came to me after church and they said, Wes, are you, are you getting sponsored by these restaurants? I said, no, but that's an awesome idea. You know, I, I need to look into this, pastor sponsorships. So we, we go to Frenchie's and, and uh, you know, we're already, we already had in mind what we were going to get. I mean, we go there for just a couple of things and, you know, black and grouper sandwich and, and she crab soup and I know you've done this like we, we do, and, and, and we're walking into the restaurant, and as we're walking to our table, we're noticing what everybody else is getting at their table. And, and begin, you know, you know our, our, our mouths are beginning to salivate, and by the time we get to the table, we're having this conversation like, did you see what they had? Look over your right shoulder, table number two. And we saw this couple that they had just received this huge portion of, of french fries. And it wasn't just french fries, man. It was french fries that were, were covered generously in, in crab meat. And then on top of the crab meat was this uh, garlic, just thick garlic butter. You, you can't leave at that point without trying some of those fries. And let me just go ahead and confess to you. You know, I mean, I feel like it's good for my heart. We went, we went ahead and tested out the, the crab-covered garlic fries, and we can say that they're good, all right, if you go. I mean, 
And I think this is true about God's word the way it is so often when you go to a restaurant like that is you go expecting something and you see something you didn't even realize was there before. You realize how good it is. And God does that in his word. And I think God did this for me this week in John chapter 11 as I looked at the story of a man who died. It's one of the coolest testimonies, one of the coolest miracles that Jesus does. But I think there's a deeper story than Jesus just healing Lazarus. There, there's something so cool that, that God showed me in, in John chapter 11. I want to take you there and uh, we'll just look at this together. A, a few verses. And I just kind of dive in this story this morning. It says in John chapter 11, it says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. It says this, it says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus sickness will not end in death. Let's just stop there. You know, sometimes you just read the Bible and you just read it and assume, okay, this, this makes sense. But, but the title of the chapter in the Bible that I read this week is titled, Lazarus is sick and dies. And Jesus says, look at it, he says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus sickness will not end in death. Hang on, Jesus. What are you talking about? What do you mean it's not going to end in death? Well, we already know Lazarus dies. He, he says, no, it happened for the glory of God. Look what it says. So that the Son of God will receive glory from this. If I, if I could point you to any verse in the entire Bible, which will help explain the purpose for your entire life, that will help explain every struggle, every situation you go through. It's what Jesus says right here. He's not gonna die. Let, let, me, let me tell you, let me tell you, Jesus says this. He says, the Son of God, this is happening so that the Son of God will receive glory. Here's the struggle in our life is that so often we attach our purpose to a thing, a situation, a circumstance in our life, and ultimately it leads to emptiness. Many of us were pursuing marriage. Some of us in the room, man, I can't wait till I get married. Man, I remember that feeling. I can't wait till I get married, only to find that when you got married, it didn't satisfy every longing in your heart. I can't wait till I can make more money because, man, there's going to be freedom and happiness and contentment only to find that when you made more money, there was emptiness. And I could go down the line in every situation. If we attach our purpose to a thing or a person, we'll only get there and, and find out it doesn't fulfill. In the same way, the situations and problems in our life for some of us are keeping us down and discouraged because we feel like as soon as I get out of this situation, then everything is gonna be good. And God is saying this, I want you to know, he's saying to his disciples, I want you to know that in the middle of this death, I'm still gonna get the glory. If we will look past the, yeah, we will look past the circumstance, the problem, the death, the discouragement, the thing, and realize it's not the thing I'm chasing. The thing is actually 
helping point people to Jesus. My marriage is helping point people to Jesus. I hope that when people look at my kids, that they can look at my kids and my family and go, wow, man, they're not just an awesome family. No, I can see Jesus in them. Man, the way he does his work, the way he goes through that trial, the way he, he goes through this trouble, it's all pointing people to the glory of God. I, I think a couple of thoughts here. One is this, it's happening for God's glory. That's what Joseph says in Genesis 50, 20. He says to his brothers, you meant it for harm, but God will turn it out for good. And number two, I will turn problems into praise. I'll turn problems in every situation I face. Death, discouragement, disappointment. God, I, I'm gonna look to you and say, you are good and you are faithful. He goes on in verse five and it says, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, look what it says next. He stayed where he was for the next two days. Although he loved his friends, he stayed where he was for the next two days. I, I just titled this short devotional, a message in the middle, a message in the middle. Because I think it's interesting, so often we, when we think about the story of Lazarus, you think, man, this mighty miracle of God. Well, if this was such an, a, a, an important thing that Jesus needed to get to, why did he stay where he was for two days? Could it be that Jesus was trying to teach us something? That in the waiting, in the disappointment, when, when there's discouragement, when there's hopelessness, God is still working. He waits where he was for two days. Let me ask you, if your spouse uh, said from across the room urgently, hey, hey, babe, could you come help me for a second? And your response was, sure, I'll be there in an hour. You wouldn't be here to testify about it this morning. You, 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 listen, your testimony would be, I, I, I'm, I'm dead, right? No, no, you respond. An ambulance and, and a, uh, a fire rescue team, when they hear that there's an emergency, they drop everything and they run and they drive to the scene of the situation. And Jesus hears that his friend is dying and he says, I, I love you, I'll be there in two days. It doesn't sound like a caring, faithful, loving savior, but I think there's a message in the middle. I think there's something that Jesus is teaching. I think one of the things he's teaching his disciples is he's just kind of foreshadowing what's gonna happen. He's, he's saying, hey, I'm about to die and, and guys, I'm hoping that on day two, you're still hanging around knowing that this thing is gonna work out. And I think he's saying to us, because there's somebody in the room that you're in the middle. You're in between the promise God told you and the miracle that you're believing for. And in those moments, you feel alone, you feel disappointed, you feel like, where is God in all this? And God is saying, I'm still here. I'm faithful, I love you, and it might be a couple more days, it might be a couple more years, but I will fulfill what I promised in your life. I'm good. He says this, finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. I think the thought here that just stuck out to me is that God's timing is perfect. We can trust God's timing. He goes on, he says in verse eight, but his, but his disciples objected, Jesus, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? 
Can you hear his disciples? They're not worried about Jesus getting stoned. They're worried about them getting stoned. Because if you're going to Judea and they're going to stone you, we're going to be with you. Judea, uh, Jesus, are you sure you want to go? I don't think this is a good idea. You know, this is like if you've ever ridden with somebody who was driving a little bit, you know, too fast. Hey, man, just so you know, it's actually, it's actually 70 here, here on the highway. You're, you're going 87. You're not as concerned about their driving as you are making sure you make it to tomorrow, right? Jen, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about in general, you know, it's like... <laughs> And that's the disciples right here. They're saying, Jesus, we can't do this. And I think so often, I don't know if this speaks to this morning, but between you and the miracle that God wants you to do is a mountain of fear that's facing you head on. And fear is lying to you every day and saying, you're not going to make it. There's too much opposition. It's too high a mountain to climb and I think Jesus wants to remind us I'm with you as a matter of fact he responds in this very unique way because they they ask are you sure you want to go they're going to stone you and he says look what he says it's weird I'm reading this week I'm trying to understand what he's saying Jesus replied there are 12 hours of daylight every day well thank you God we know that during the day people can walk safely okay thank you Jesus we know that they can see because they have the light of this world but at night there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. And Jesus isn't talking about the sun. And he's not talking about the daylight. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, as long as you'll stay with me, everything's gonna be okay. There's a message in the middle, everybody. Some of us have a tendency to abandon our faith when times get hard. Some of us have a tendency to turn our back on God's faithfulness when things get hard because we feel like, God, you've left us. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I'm going through. But I think Jesus gives us a message in the middle, and that is this. God's presence is your peace. God's presence is your peace. If, if you'll just stay with me, I know what I'm doing, and I know how it's going to work out. Don't try to figure this out on your own. Just stay with me. Let me, let me just wrap up uh, this final thought here. Verse 17, kind of going through this story. It says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Verse 20 says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Look at what happens in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here. My brother would have not died. Can, can you just for a moment hear the frustration in Martha? I mean, the fact that she would even have the guts to talk to Jesus like this. <laughs> you ever wanted to talk to Jesus like this? Where, where were you, God? Where were you, God, when I lost my job? Where were you, God, when my marriage was falling apart? Where were you, God? When the bills were too much to handle and there was a health crisis in my family and we lost a loved one unexpectedly and I got a diagnosis from the doctor that I didn't see coming. God, where were you? Can I be honest with you? 
I think that God receives our pain and our hurt and he welcomes every bit of heartache that we're going through. Listen, in those moments, I think God wants us to be open and honest with him. Say, God, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're, but I desperately need you right now. But she doesn't stop there. And I think this was so powerful. And I just want to end with this last thought. Martha, Martha says, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22, but even now, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Can you, can you see the way it flips right there for Martha? Frustration turns to faith. Frustration turns to faith. Let me tell you, the way to get through the middle in your life is to turn frustration into faith. It's not to live in the pain and heartache of what you're going through, but to choose to believe God in the middle of this, I can trust you and I believe even now when it feels hopeless, I will still trust that God, you are faithful. Can somebody say amen? Amen, amen. amen. He says this, and I love this last thought. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I hate the middle season. I, the, the middle is uncomfortable. I, I hate the middle seat too. Have you ever been on a plane? And the only seat left was the middle seat. We just flew recently to see my brother and he helped us uh, we, with, with tickets. And, and so he had taken care of the arrangements and we got to the airport. We're so excited. We're flying Southwest. And it didn't hit me till we actually got to the terminal. And I looked at our boarding pass and it said C50 and 51. And I looked up and I saw where you line up and I saw A, I saw B, I saw C, and then I started looking for D, E, F, G, H, all the way to Z, and I realized C was the end. We're the last ones getting on the plane. And it hit me, we're gonna be middle C passengers. Ha <laughs> ha. I mean, just the anxiety and, and claustrophobia, all of that, it, it, it's awful. And by the grace of God, we worked it out and Jen took a middle seat and I was able to take an aisle. And she's so loving and caring and gracious and she didn't have a choice. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't like, we don't like the middle because there's frustration, there's loneliness and there's heartache. There's disappointment and you wonder, God, how are you going to work it out? And I just want to encourage somebody with the words of Martha today as she sees her, her situation is hopeless. Her brother is dead. She says, God, why weren't you here on time? But you're here now. And even now, I believe you can do it. And I think Jesus wants to remind us that even if we don't see the miracle and the timing and then the way that we hoped, God is still working. 
And even in the middle of the discouragement, the hopelessness, the thing that doesn't work out the way that we want it to, God will still get the glory for it. And if I will turn my problems into praise, my situation into praise, God will work through everything in our life. If you believe it, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Why don't I just pray with you this morning? I think there's somebody today that you might be online, you might be in the room, but right now you're in the middle. And what you see in front of you feels hopeless and you don't know the way out. And God just wants to remind us today, my presence is your peace. Trust my timing. Know that I'm faithful and the storm that you're facing continue to give me praise because I will receive the glory for it. Your life will be a testimony of God's goodness. Your situation may have caught you by surprise, but it hasn't caught God by surprise. He sees us, he knows us, and he loves us right where we are today. God, would you give us to, the faith to trust you in the middle, in the middle. Maybe you're here today, you say you're away from God, or you just need one more time to recommit your heart to Christ, to receive that he is the resurrection and the life. And today you need to, to breathe again, to live again, to find hope again in Christ. Just say a simple prayer like this says, God, I invite you in my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I repent and I turn from my selfish ways and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Today from this point forward, God, I wanna serve you and follow you all my days. Maybe you're here this morning. I just don't wanna rush this moment. I believe God's speaking to somebody Maybe you're walking through a lot of discouragement and hopelessness in your heart and in your life because of the situations you see or the struggles you're facing. Today, you need God to fill you with hope, to remind you that you're in the middle, but this isn't the end. God, I pray today, would you do a work through the Holy Spirit? Fill us with the strength to trust you, to believe that you are good even when life feels unfair. God, I pray for somebody in the room right now that's dealing with a financial crisis in their life that doesn't know how they're gonna make it out. I pray supernaturally, would you show up in their life, give them wisdom, direction, and everything they need. I pray for somebody right now whose marriage, whether watching online or watching in the room or right here in this moment, their marriage is struggling. I pray Jesus for healing and restoration right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, would you renew husbands and wives to love each other the way you loved us and gave your life for us. I pray for brokenness between uh, parents and children. I pray, God, for the grace and healing of Jesus, God, to cover every home and every family right now. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, for those walking through uh, medical crisis in their life. I pray, Jesus, through the help and wisdom of doctors 
and medicine and through the power healing work of Jesus would you do miracles in Jesus name we believe for it God healing in Jesus name and God for every situation we face we we place our lives in your hands and we ask you God do what only you can do we thank you for your word this morning we thank you for this opportunity just to be in your house and in your presence we love you, God. We ask all this now, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Come on, let's give God praise for his word this morning. He's good. Man, it's been a great day in church. Amen. Amen. So glad you've been with us. I just want to encourage you, if you are saying yes to Christ or you're ready to take a next step, you can do that online through your phone. Download that Church Center app and uh, or, or meet us out in the courtyard at the, at the guest tent. We would love to connect with you after service today. Why don't you uh, stand to your feet and we'll pray as we end this morning. God, we love you so much. I, I just pray right now, God, that even the words that Josh sang earlier would resonate in our spirit and that, God, we would go from this place and we would carry your revolutionary love, God, to the people in our world. God, you would use us as a church to be a city on a hill, light in the darkness, hope to the hopeless. Jesus, we love you this morning. Thank you for this time in your presence. We pray, God. Fill us with new strength and joy for a week ahead. We love you, God. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, church. Have a great week.